This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seibin, and it's time for your weekly wrap-up. And I want to begin first, as we always do, by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, we have Matthew Martin, Stoff Marsbar, Tom Ruffley, and Gary Johnson, who gave via the tip jar. And I want to thank everyone who contributed this week, as well as everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis, as well as everyone who watches this channel on a regular basis, too, because all of those things equal channel growth. And of course, now that we have a staff member on board, those Patreon funds are helping to uh, pay that person's uh, wages here uh, for his uh, time working on the channel. So I want to thank everyone for their support, and there will be much more to come. And the wrap-up this week is being brought to you once again by AFTVnews.com. It's a great website that uh, gets you all of the information on things happening within the Amazon ecosystem that includes hardware as well as all of their services that they're providing. And there is a lot of hardware from Amazon coming out for this holiday season. I got a few more of the more interesting items coming in here for review. But if you want to get the deep dive, uh, definitely head over to AFTV News where he is covering this stuff on an ongoing basis. The proprietor of that site is Elias Saba. He started his site up around the same time I started this channel. A great resource. I use it all the time. And hopefully if you're into some of the things happening on Amazon, uh, you might want to check it out too. So this week I did a bunch of stuff as I always do. We had four videos uploaded to the Extras channel. I unboxed the new Motorola G5S. We looked at a first uh, peek at something we'll be doing as a live stream hopefully later this week, a, a little way to add some GPUs to your low-end computers. That's going to be kind of fun. Uh, we also unboxed the Shuttle XPC X1 and the Lenovo Yoga 920, some expensive stuff here, but also some inexpensive stuff too. I tried to balance it out a little bit on the Extras channel. On the main channel, we did a review of that XPC X1 gaming PC, and I think the verdict on this one, and a lot of you agree with me on this, is that it should cost less for what it is. It's a, a gaming machine. It's a tiny one, actually, about the size of a NUC, maybe a little bit bigger than an Intel NUC might be, but uh, it has a GTX 1060 GPU in it, and it's essentially a laptop, a gaming laptop inside this little box, but it costs the same or perhaps more than a comparably equipped gaming laptop might, uh, which, of course, comes with a battery screen and keyboard, which this one does not. So I think if they brought the price down on that, it might be a better deal. I uploaded Didn't Make the Cut number 5, and I think this might be the end of the line of the Didn't Make the Cut series. I'm not getting great viewership on these videos. It's been declining every time I put one of these up, so I think I might uh, integrate Didn't Make the Cut into the wrap-up if I have an item that came in that week that uh, just didn't make sense to me to review. Maybe I'll just put it into this video versus having a standalone. It seems like people aren't all that interested in uh, watching a video about stuff that isn't so great, and I don't disagree with that. So I think I'm going to uh, rejigger my strategy on that. I'm always looking at the numbers. Uh, we did a sponsored video from Plex where I went on location to a car dealership. You can check that one out down below on uh, the master playlist. And of course, we looked at a low-cost uh, Lenovo tablet that I imported or was sent to me in through GearBest. And uh, they often have name brand stuff that is the Asian market version that you can import through GearBest. And they do have newer ones available now in the United States, but uh, this one still at the moment costs less than the comparable new version of that tablet. Uh, that was one thing I really wasn't aware of in the video when I shot it, but I did 
uh, let folks know down with a pinned comment about that. So check out that review down in the master playlist. And now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind. And this is week 33 of me doing this as a full-time occupation. And uh, this week, we're going to have one of our first live streams with Corey on board to assist. And uh, we're going to be doing it sometime this week. I don't have the exact date and time just yet because our sponsor, Pulse, is uh, going to be coming in to repair Corey's phone, actually. He's got a smashed-up iPhone 6S, and we're going to watch the process of repairing a phone. And I'll be studying very closely because a future video might have me uh, racing the tech to repair a phone faster than the tech can, although I think the tech is going to beat me in that project when we get to it. But uh, once I get Pulse locked down for when they're coming in for their uh, video shoot, I will then uh, give you an idea as to when we're going to do the live stream. And our first topic is going to be uh, this thing right here. This is the external GPU that I unboxed on the Extras channel. Uh, this is a GTX 1030, and we've got it installed onto this little plastic thing. And uh, the way this works is you plug the power supply into this device. It's got its own big power supply. And then uh, you remove the uh, wireless card from your low-end laptop and replace it with this ribbon cable. This actually comes out the side of the computer. It's not the most practical thing uh, you'll work with. And uh, what this should let us do is actually use this GPU to get better graphics performance out of a uh, $200 laptop. That might be kind of a fun little thing to try. So we're going to be doing that on the live stream. We'll do it with one of the laptops I've got in the back room. Uh, and then we're also going to maybe look at one of the uh, low-end NUC machines I've got. I've got an Intel NUC over there, which I think will probably be what we use for it, uh, just to see how it might work with a uh, $200 desktop PC, for example. It's going to be a fun live stream. We'll take your questions, and you'll get to uh, hear or maybe see Corey if he's willing to go on camera. So uh, stay tuned. If you want to get notified, uh, sign up for my email list at lon.tv email, and I'll send out a notification when uh, we get everything up and running and planned for the live stream, but it will definitely happen sometime this week. And I'm also thinking about CES for January, and my plan at the moment is to repeat what we did last year where I did a daily dispatch of all the things that I saw there. I'm not going to be able to stay for the full week of the show, but I will be able to get a good amount of stuff in there. So I think I'm going to probably get my uh, tickets booked and everything this week. And I'd love to hear from you. If you uh, liked last year's coverage, I'll put a link to it down below so you can see it again. And one of the things that I think I'll do is while I am out there, have Corey take out uh, different segments and upload those to the Snippets channel for better search optimization because I did get a lot of traffic from you all uh, on those videos. But I found in my First trip to CES where I uploaded about 40, I got better search uh, results from those than I did from uh, what I did last year. So my plan is to have Corey do all the search-friendly stuff that will go on a different channel, and uh, you'll have a nice uh, probably 15-minute or so uh, dispatch of what I saw during the week. So stay tuned. I'll have more information on CES coming up very shortly. Another thing that I stumbled across the other day that I wanted to show you is called Stage 9. And as you can see here, it is a uh, project that involves Star Trek The Next Generation, the NCC 1701D. And this speaks to the power of YouTube's algorithm, because I hadn't heard of what you're about to see before, but it put a video up in front of me about it, and I was really uh, intrigued by it. And what this is is a fully explorable Starship Enterprise that was rendered in the Unreal Engine. And this is a fan project that's been going on for quite some time, but 
Uh, the detail here is pretty remarkable, as you can see. So we've got a space station out here that we can uh, destroy in a second. Uh, they've rendered the entire bridge and a number of decks on the ship also. And the cool thing is they have a VR version of this. So I was using my HTC Vive and walking around the ship with it. It was really awesome. And it's amazing that uh, this is the kind of stuff we can play with now. And there's no game here. It's more or less just kind of an exploration thing. But uh, they've done an exceptional job with just some tremendous detail on everything. You can even animate these displays if you want. Uh, that impacts performance a little bit. I can even do stuff here like fire a photon torpedo and uh, destroy that uh, space station over there. Let me see if I can get it right here. There we go. Um, so I can fire a photon torpedo off and uh, blow up that space station if I wanted to do something like that. And you can see it there. There it goes. And you can have some fun uh, wreaking havoc on the uh, Star Trek universe. And then I can walk over to this panel here and uh, go to warp nine and get the heck out of here before somebody catches me. There's still some bugs here, as you can see, like the, the space station bouncing off the planet. But uh, it's kind of a cool thing that they put together here. They've got a lot of the rooms rendered. So you've got the ready room over here for Captain Picard, although Picard's not actually in the room. Uh, you can see here that we're going at warp speed. They have the stars kind of going like you might remember it doing on the show. I apologize if the video's a little off. I was having trouble getting this uh, into my video system correctly. Uh, then you can go up here and you can go to the uh, officer's lounge where they have all their uh, little meetings about what to do about the latest crisis here. So we can go in here and you can see what that looks like. So it really is just exceptionally well done, especially when you're in uh, VR. And what I can do now here is go back out to the bridge. Let me just show you a couple other things. I really, this is just so cool. Um, we can go out to the bridge here and, uh, and change the look of the bridge. So this is right now, I think, the season two through seven bridge. And you can go over here to the game menu and change it to uh, maybe season one's look here. It'll re-render uh, that out. So I'll back out of here and you can see it looks slightly different. This was kind of what they had in the uh, first season. You could even uh, go into yesterday's Enterprise where they had that alternative universe where they were at war constantly, I think, with the Klingons. So there's a lot of cool stuff here. And they have a bunch of other stuff rendered that you could go visit. So I took the uh, turbo lift here over to where the shuttle bay is located. So you can see what the hallways look like here. And uh, they have some sections blocked off because they haven't finished working on this yet, but we can hop in here. We've got the shuttlecraft waiting for me. I can go over to the panel here and open the door up. They've also got a lot of the sound effects uh, figured out already, too. So we can open the shuttle bay door. You'll see the alarm go off there, and the door will open once they uh, activate the force field here. There it goes. And uh, we can hop in the shuttle and take a spin around the Enterprise if we want. And I think where we ended up when I went to warp was over at... Uh, Deep Space Nine. So we'll give this a shot. So we'll hop in the uh, shuttlecraft here. You can hop in the front seat and then I can fly out the uh, shuttle if I want here and uh, hopefully it'll let me out the door before it was not letting me out. There's still a lot of bugs that they're dealing with here. So uh, this might be one of those bugs that we're uh, faced with. But let me try to get back in there and fly it out of the door. Yeah, it looks like we're we're stuck. So I got it unstuck. I won't spend too much time here, but you can see uh, we're now out the back of the ship. And I think down over here, there it is, is Deep Space Nine. And, I, and they also rendered uh, part of the uh, command structure inside of that uh, space station there. So you can do a lot of neat stuff with this. There's no game here again. It's just kind of a neat exploration thing. But I thought it was kind of cool. And I think if you're a Star Trek fan with me, you might want to try it out completely free of charge. I'll put a link down in the video description for where you can find it. And now it's time for some Q&A from you, the viewers. And the first question comes in from frequent viewer and commenter Hugh Dinwiddie on my complaints regarding uh, Chrome OS and YouTube. And yes, I have been complaining about this for quite some time. And if you haven't yet caught one of my complaints, uh, basically my issue is that when you're trying to play back 
uh, more high-end video like 1080p 60 frames per second video or 4k video on a Chromebook you often get a lot of drop frames and it has to do with a uh, big series of technical issues uh, with uh, which video codec that uh, YouTube has chosen to use with the Chrome browser and this is where uh, things get tripped up and it's frustrating because a lot of these Chromebooks are capable of playing the video better but uh, the operating system and the browser that uh, Google make does not seem to work very well with the video service that Google also operates. And that's been my uh, big source of frustration on these Chromebooks, that Google controls the entire stack here, yet they can't get their service to work correctly on their own operating system and their own browser. But uh, it's something that I think needs to be corrected, and that's why I continually bring it up whenever I do a review. Now, part of the problem is, is that if you are a frequent viewer of the channel, you're going to hear me complain about it all the time because I make my videos from the assumption that people have never seen me before. And in fact, 80% uh, of the people that watch videos on this channel haven't. So I have to continually bring these things up. It kind of sounds like it might be me repeating myself, which it is if you're a frequent viewer. But I have found over the years that many of the people watching my channel are parents looking to buy something for their child. And if their kid is watching a lot of gaming footage, for example, on YouTube, this is not going to be a good experience for them. Uh, you can, of course, as uh, Clarkson is talking about here, install some plugins or whatever to get the right codec selected and everything else. But this is something out of reach of a lot of consumers to go out and find extensions and plugins and everything. And it should just work, again, because Google controls the entire stack. So I want people to be aware of what the problems are when they are looking for products. And I am hoping at some point somebody from Google sees this and tries to take some action about it. Maybe it's just one of these issues with a big company that everybody's moving in their own direction and they can't get uh, coordination on a project that uh, touches many different departments in their company, which is probably what's happening here. But it should be better than what it is. Now, the good news is last week when we uh, were talking on the wrap up, there is a way now to get the Android version of YouTube running on your Chromebook. And that does seem to work better. So maybe that's the solution for a lot of folks. It's a lot easier to uh, explain to consumers. But it is an ongoing issue, and it's something I do hope they address. Now, this next question comes in from Alan Welk, who is wondering on a related topic, if I think Chromebooks with Android apps are a decent replacement for an Android tablet. And I think we're getting there, and I'm seeing a lot more innovation with Chromebooks, especially some of the two-in-ones we've looked at recently, that uh, Samsung Chromebook that Hugh has. I love that thing. It is an awesome Chromebook, and it has a pen, and it's very lightweight, beautiful screen, and of course, it can run Android apps too. In some cases, maybe better than some of the Android tablets we've looked at recently, because we haven't seen a lot of uh, increases in performance on Android tablets. In fact, they're kind of moving backwards away from uh, where we saw the K1 tablet perform about two years ago. Everything I've looked at since with the Android tablet market hasn't been performing all that great, uh, yet these Chrome OS tablets do perform better because they do need faster processors to do some of the things people might do in Chrome OS. So I do think we're going to be seeing more innovation uh, with the Chromebooks with Android capability in the coming months, and I'm very eager to see what the next year might bring us. That's one thing I'm going to uh, look for quite a bit at CES this year is what's new with Chromebooks because this Android app capability is an entirely new feature set that I think makes these Chromebooks much more attractive to consumers. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as things move forward. Now, this next comment really ticked me off. And before we get to the comment, I do want to give you some setup as to why it ticked me off. So one of the problems that uh, YouTube product reviewers like myself deal with is that people often uh, download our content 
and then re-upload the content to their own channels along with an affiliate link that sends them out to Amazon, for example. And when a viewer clicks on that link, uh, that thief can then get a commission based on what that person might buy on Amazon as a result of looking at that stolen content. And as I mentioned earlier, only about 20% of my day-to-day -day views are from people who know me. 80% uh, are not. So when people see one of these videos up there, they uh, really just assume it's my channel and uh, go through those links. And I have a, a you know, real chance of losing some revenue here. And I'll show you some of the statistics on this in a second. And uh, affiliate links are about half of my uh, mainstream revenue here. The the other half being uh, YouTube ad revenue. So it's a pretty big uh, chunk of my uh, ongoing revenue here as a business. And a lot of times people are just stealing what I do and trying to profit from it. And I do a lot of takedown requests as a result. I think I probably take down about five to 10 videos a week uh, if not more. And uh, the other day I got this comment in, which I could not believe. So uh, this person says, hey, I saw that you took down the video I uploaded last night of your Acer Aspire 1 on my daily reviews channel. And he says, my channel is a compilation channel of the best reviews of tech-related items that you found. He loved mine, so he stole it. He said uploaded it, but he stole it. Uh, however, I didn't realize it was copyright infringement on you as I wasn't aware of the rules of copyright. He thought it was fair use. Uh, he's removed the content completely and he wanted to know if I could remove the copyright strike. And of course, the answer to that is no. Now, what I did check, though, was to see maybe this person really just didn't know. Uh, and I went to his channel to see if he had uh, reformed his ways here. But sure enough, every other video on his channel was stolen uh, from another tech channel. And here is the uh, link here to Amazon, where this thief will begin earning revenue off of uh, some of the videos that other YouTube people have created, which is, again, an ongoing issue here. Now, one of the things YouTube has done is that for new channels like this, uh, this guy isn't going to earn any ad revenue until he gets to 10,000 views. And if uh, YouTube does begin the process of reviewing the channel to see if they're eligible for monetization, they'll qu quickly see that this is nothing but uh, clickbait for uh, spamming. But nonetheless, in the interim, he's going to get a lot of views and probably a lot of clicks on these Amazon links. And he's got all the search engine optimization here. I mean, he's really doing a good job of getting people steered into his stuff here. And uh, this is, again, a big problem on the platform. And just to give you some statistics on this, over the last month, I pulled down about 75 videos. And uh, between them, you know, the aggregate, uh, they had about 32,000 views. So pretty substantial number of viewership, even though each individual video wasn't seen all that much. Uh, there's so many out there that uh, this might have an impact, certainly on some YouTube revenue, but also on the affiliate revenue, which is my uh, bigger concern here. My affiliate clicks typically convert at about 3%. So in other words, when somebody clicks on an affiliate link, about 3% of those who click actually purchase. Now, I have no way of knowing how many uh, of these 32,000 views resulted in a click, but uh, given my experience with how often people do click on those links, I can certainly add up to quite a bit. And I've been very aggressive about videos that are uh, violating my content. I do put a lighter touch on people that are using the content in different ways. I have now means of uh, not doing a takedown, but can do other stuff like contacting them or uh, monetizing the content or even just uh, blocking it from view without dinging the channel. But typically someone who's just doing outright theft like this guy was doing, I'm pretty tough about just because it does impact my business's ability to earn money. Uh, one thing I would strongly suggest you do for your favorite creators is that if you find one of their videos uploaded on another channel, 
channel, uh, let that creator know that their video has been stolen. It really helps quite a bit. They can very quickly get that takedown issued. And I'm finding that uh, the more I take down, the less I'm seeing pop back up again because people realize that I am going to be going after anyone who does that. And if your uh, channel gets a copyright strike, it does result in some reduced functionality and makes it harder for them to keep stealing. So uh, do let your favorite creators know this is happening and certainly let me know if you see someone uploading one of my videos. And now it's time for a Q&A for you. And uh, one of the channels of the week that I mentioned a little while back was a channel called Doug DeMuro, who is a car reviewer. And at the end of every review, he does a Doug score where he's got uh, some measurements that he takes of the product and comes up with a score that he can then apply and use to compare with other cars. And I've been thinking about doing something similar here where I do like a LAN score at the end of a computer review, for example. And I'm just wondering if you think that might be helpful because it might be a neat way to start looking at all these different computers that we see. And there might be a way to kind of tell, to kind of tell which ones are the best uh, based on the aggregate score that they get. And uh, what Doug does on his channel, and I'll put a link to it down below, is he looks at uh, a whole bunch of different factors about the car, like uh, the comfort and the performance and handling, and uh, gives them each like a one to five scale, and then he adds it all up to see how the car does overall. And I was thinking about doing something like that with a PC. So I would like to get some suggestions from all of you that if I were to start doing a uh, lawn score at the end of uh, every computer review, what criteria would you look for? And I'm really looking for things that are consumer friendly, things that uh, people that are just out there as casual buyers are looking for so that we can begin measuring things based on uh, what consumers might want. So let me know down in the comments below if you think this might be helpful. And uh, if it does seem to be something you're interested in, I might try rolling it out uh, in the next couple of weeks. And speaking of channels of the week, our channel this week to look at is Boogie2988. And uh, he's got a very diverse channel with a lot of subscribers. So a lot of you are probably already watching Boogie. He's got 4.2 million subscribers to be exact. And he does a lot of different stuff, a lot of it video game focused. But I really like his, uh, his rambling sessions that he he does occasionally where he talks about uh, his life just as an individual but also as a YouTube creator and uh, he's had a pretty tough uh, existence you know his childhood was rather rough he's been uh, battling obesity for a long period of time and he just had gastric bypass surgery to help him uh, lose weight and it's really fun to look at his thumbnails because you can see the progression of weight that he is uh, shedding off very quickly now as a result of that surgery just by going through some of his thumbnails but he is a uh, for as tough a, an experience in life as he has had he is a really nice guy who's uh, very patient and understanding and uh, just a real fun person to watch uh, week after week. And I thought a lot of you uh, might find his channel of interest if you haven't seen it before. So this week on the channel, we've got a couple of things that I'm going to be shooting ASAP. The first is my review of the Moto G5S Plus, uh, which is Motorola's new kind of low to mid-range phone. It costs about $279 and it works on all U.S. carriers unlocked uh, right now at Walmart for 280 bucks. You can see the unboxing on the Extras channel. Uh, we also will be taking a look at a more expensive device, the Yoga 920 from Lenovo. Uh, this is their top-of-the-line uh, laptop and two-in-one convertible. It is a 13.9-inch device. The one they sent me has a 4K display on it, if you can believe that. So uh, this one's a little decked out, but uh, should be a fun review. You'll be able to find that one uh, a little later this week as well. Uh, we got in the Norton Core, uh, which is a new router that... Uh, is security focused. It's out there looking to make sure that there's uh, nothing bad going on with your IoT devices, for example. It's got some ways of isolating clients that are misbehaving as well as looking for things that might be the result of 
uh, a malware infestation, for example. So we'll be uh, checking that out and finding some ways to test that functionality on this a little later in the week. I also just got in the Classic HD. Uh, this is a clone console that uh, does allow HD output at 720p. Unlike the inexpensive NES clones we've looked at lately, this is an inexpensive NES and SNES clone console. So it plays both the uh, regular Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. So we'll be uh, taking a look at that. I think it comes with uh, two controllers too. So we'll be unboxing that one very shortly. And I'm so excited because a viewer, uh, Trevor Paisley, was nice enough to sell me his uh, SNES Mini at cost. And we'll be getting this in. Oops, I'm losing all the stuff in my desk here. I'll be getting this in uh, very shortly. And I'm going to do a review of it, but I'm going to probably focus more on button lag and latency just because everyone else has reviewed this thing already. But I was very eager to get one just to play with. But uh, also, I was very eager to try out the uh, controller lag on this one. So we'll be focusing on that. But if there are things that uh, you think reviewers haven't really covered all that well with this product, uh, do let me know down in the comment section because I would like to take a different take on this product if there is one to take at this point. There's just so many people who've gotten one already ahead of me. I just didn't want to wait outside my Walmart at four o'clock in the morning. So be on the lookout for that. And thanks to Trevor for uh, selling that at a very reasonable price to me. Now, if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv slash Patreon and make a monthly contribution to the channel. We also have the tip jar set up at lon.tv slash tip jar for a one-time contribution. And if you are outside the United States, you can contribute via PayPal to lon at lon.tv. So lots of ways to help the channel there. And if you are looking to get a Plex account, you can sign up for free without a credit card at lon.tv slash Plex, and we'll get a small contribution from that action. Uh, you can also gift a Plex account to somebody at lon.tv slash Plex gift. I've got a bunch of other channels that I mention every week. We've got the Extras channel, which is where I do unboxings and supplementary content. The podcast is available to you as well, where I've got audio versions of what you are listening to right now, in addition to some other stuff I might be working on in the near future. We have the Snippets channel, where I put up search-friendly snippets of things that I do on my other channels. Uh, we have the VidMe channel at lon.tv slash VidMe. That's kind of a replication of the Extras channel on a different platform. And our live streams are archived at lon.tv slash live streams. And if you want to uh, get a notification every time I do something, you can click on that bell and you will get uh, notifications pushed out to you via email and push notifications on your phone and tablet. So that's another way to keep track of what I'm up to. And you can also sign up for my email list at lon.tv slash email. You can follow me on Facebook at lon.tv slash Facebook. And then, of course, we sell stuff that I review here on the channel on the store at lon.tv slash store. And I've got a separate email list where you can get alerted every time I add new stuff. And one of the things that I'm hoping to get done this week is put some more stuff up on there. So if you want to get notified, uh, sign up for that list. It is separate from my main email list. So be sure to get on both if you want uh, content notifications and store notifications. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. I want to thank you all for your continued viewership and support. Please keep those questions and comments coming, and we'll have a lot more coming up this week. This is Lon Seibin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by my Patreon supporters, including Gold Level supporters, the Black Eyed and Blues Music Hour podcast, Chris Allegretta, John Prawl, William Miller, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month.
Head over to lon.tv slash Patreon to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash S.